it flows to the lowest valley, for it's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose. No, it will never lose. And it will never lose. It's power. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 28 tonight, Acts chapter 28. I want to preach to you quickly, if I can, tonight. Acts chapter 28, we're going to begin in verse number 1. says in verse number 1 of Acts chapter 28, if you'd stand real quick for the reading of God's Word. It says, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this is a man, this man is a murderer whom... Though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth him not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire, and he felt no harm. Howbeit they looked, and when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said, that he was a God. Let's pray real quick tonight. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we ask that your word go forth and encourage the people of God tonight. And Lord, we just ask for your Holy Spirit to come down and preach to and through us. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And the church says, Amen. You may be seated tonight. So we come up Upon this story, many of you may have read this before, some of you maybe not, but we find that in verse 1 it is saying that when they escaped, Paul and 275 other men have escaped a shipwreck where Paul is being transported from Judea, the area of Judea and Samaria and Israel, and he is being transported to the city of Rome. Paul is washed ashore and 
on that, that, that cold night, the Bible tells us in our text that it was a rainy and a cold night, and him and 275 others washed ashore of the little island of Melita, or Malta as you would know it today. And this is a big deal because we find that God will give Paul an opportunity to minister to the people of Melita, and we'll get there in a moment, but Paul is the greatest missionary of the New Testament. He, he's the man that is responsible for two-thirds of our New Testament writings. This is someone that has been more evangelistic than anyone else in his time. And we find that God has given him this mission and this gospel mission and this gospel message to preach throughout the known world of that day. And he also know that through Scripture, the Bible tells us that Christ had prophesied and told Paul himself that he would stand before Caesar and in the city of Rome and that Rome would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. But this is not only just a mission, this is his final mission. Paul will go to Rome, he will be held in prison, and then finally be executed. You say, what, what does this have to... I'm just laying a little foundation for you tonight because I want you to realize that Paul is, has a purpose and a call on his life. But yet we find throughout the book of Acts that wherever Paul went, the enemy tried to shut him up and prevent him from fulfilling the purpose and the call that God had on his life. We find that this is his final mission. We find in Acts chapter 21 that he is arrested by the Jewish religious leaders. In Acts chapter 22, he is handed over to Roman custody in, in a temple council meeting because this is what the, the centurion said, that it was so violent and it was so volatile in that atmosphere that he said, if we don't get Paul out of here, these religious leaders are going to tear him apart. That's, that's literally what happened. So we see that he's been given a call, he's been given a commission, uh, but no matter where he goes, the enemy tries to prevent him from fulfilling the purpose and the call of God on his life. Uh, we find in Acts chapter 20, uh, 23 uh, that the Romans had to remove him from Jerusalem uh, due to the fear of uh, of the religious leaders of that day and of that city. But in the midst of all of this, even in the midst of all of this, the Lord speaks to Paul and assures him in Acts chapter 23 and verse 11, and he says, Be of good cheer, Paul, for thou, for thou hadst testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also in Rome. So he's telling him, You've been faithful where you have been called. You have been faithful here to speak the gospel in Jerusalem. But you will also take assurance that you will also speak to Rome. What God is telling him is I still have a plan and a purpose for your life. God assures Paul that even in the resistance and even through the trial that he is facing, that there is still a purpose and still a call on his life. But after a spoiled assassination attempt in Acts chapter 23, uh, the Romans moved Paul to Caesarea. 
And there he appears in Acts chapter 24 before the governor Felix. Then he stays in Caesarea for two years where he is then appeared and brought before the replacement for Felix, which is Festus. In Acts 25, Paul finally appeals to Rome and says, I want to go before Caesar. And I'm just laying out this, this situation to you tonight, so stay with me. And then once again, he is summoned on his way to Rome to appear before the king Agrippa in Acts chapter 25 and Acts chapter 26, which leads us to Acts chapter 27, the chapter previous to where we read tonight, where he is being transported on a ship with 275 men and other prisoners, other, uh, other Roman soldiers, and he is being taken to Rome. But what happens is in the middle of this transport, a violent storm comes upon the sea and begins to toss the boat around. And, 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 and maybe in some uncertainty, the angel of the Lord comes down and begins to speak to Paul again to reassure him, saying, Fear not, Paul, for thou will be brought before Caesar. Thou will be brought before Caesar. I will finish the call of God that I have on your life. You will pursue the purpose of God. And here's where I want to get to tonight is because we find that throughout Paul's ministry, and you can read in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 of all the things that he had to endure and all the things uh, that he had to suffer preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, to be hated not only by his own people, but to be hated by the Gentiles as well, uh, to feel as if he had no one there to help him or, or be there for him. I'm sure he felt those things. Uh, I'm sure he dealt with issues. Uh, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, that he dealt with issues. He had a thorn in his flesh. He had something that was nagging at him. Uh, but through this, this purpose, this call, uh, the enemy resisted him everywhere he could. Hear me tonight. If you're under the sound of my voice, you have a purpose and a call on your life. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. But here's what I want to tell you tonight. It's very simple. But I want you to realize that the opposition in your life is not just a series of events. But I want you to know that the enemy can use situations in our life to try to prevent us from fulfilling the purpose in the call of God that he has for us. There are many situations that come into our lives uh, and try to prevent us from being who God has called us to be. Can I get an amen? That happens. Anybody fa faced any resistance? Anybody ever faced any trials? Uh, anybody in this house ever faced any opposition? Uh, I want you to know that what the enemy would love nothing more than to do is to ruin the call that God has for your life. The Bible tells us clearly, Jesus says it in John chapter 10, that the thief comes not but to steal, but to kill and to destroy. What terrifies him, Brother Ethan, is not that you come to church. The, what terrifies the devil is not that you have spiritual friends. What terrifies the enemy is the purpose and the call of God on your life. 
And I've said this before and I will say it again. Why does the purpose and the call of God on your life terrify the enemy so much? It's because where there is a call and a purpose, there is an anointing to fulfill that call and that purpose. And the Bible teaches us in Isaiah that the devil hates the anointing because the anointing is what breaks and destroys yokes. The reason that you maybe have faced opposition in the last 24 hours. You think, well, it's just a situation. It's just life. I I want you to know that the enemy is twisting and manipulating that situation and buffeting your flesh to convince you to give it all up, to walk away. I was asked one time, as I was youth pastoring in Hillsboro, Ohio, I was asked one time, we started doing a basic, what we call basic training on Wednesday nights. We just went over biblical principles. And I was asked to speak on when, when, when does God's grace end? When, when does God say, I have to, to cut you off? I, I, I can no longer extend grace to you because the Bible teaches us that there is an end to grace. But what happens is, is I began to study and I began to look and pastor. What I began to notice is that men that quit and walked away were the ones that God could not use. The Bible tells us in Timothy that Paul writes Timothy and he says, I I need you to come to me quickly because Demas has forsaken me. My travel companion has forsaken me because he loves this present world. He's given up. People can say what they want about Judas, but here's something you need to know about Judas is he partook of the ministry. He was sent out with the other disciples to heal and to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. He was in that group, but he gave up. Church, I know it's kind of teaching mode tonight, but I want you to realize that there is nothing that can come against you uh, that is worth walking away, not only from the faith uh, that you have in Christ, uh, but from the call that he's called you to. We live in a situ- in, in, in an age and in, in, in situations in this, this time that we live in, and, and pastor has alluded to it many times, that there are many pastors just walking away from the platform. Saying, I'm done. I've had enough. Not only that, they're not just walking away, but there are many ministers that are ending their life because of the resistance to the call. You want to know why these young people, these young adults and these teenagers uh, seem to struggle so bad with identity? uh, It's because God knows that as the the time, uh, the enemy knows as time begins to wind down, uh, that there is going to be a unique and a special anointing come upon uh, the the young people of this hour uh, to move in in a manner that I believe we have never seen before. uh, And the enemy would love nothing more than to confuse these young people, uh, to terrify them uh, from picking up a mic from kneeling down to intercession to laying hands on the sick uh, would love nothing more than to intimidate them so they would walk away from the call thus walking away from the anointing of God on their life but Paul is 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 went through all these things now he's in a storm we're, we're in Acts chapter 27 he's in a storm and he's being tossed to and fro and 
But the Lord in the middle of the storm is still reassuring him. You will go before Caesar. You will fulfill the call. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Even in the middle of the storm. And the Bible says that the storm was so bad that eventually the, the ship was broken apart as it come upon the reef. And, and they were just hanging on the pieces as they floated ashore. But I want to point your attention to our text tonight real quick. And I want to show you something. It says that not only did they escape and they realized that they were on the island of Melita. But it says that the people there showed great kindness. And they kindled a fire for them. Because of the, the present rain and because of the cold. Now, I want you to know what the Lord has revealed to me is not in, in a sense. Uh, I, I'm not saying that Paul uh, was, was overwhelmed and, and cold and, and, and he was in his flesh. But I, I, want to under, I want you to understand there's a principle lying in the text tonight uh, that many of us go through these seasons of resistance and trials and tribulation and we grow cold. It's not easy being tossed around. It's not easy when things don't go your way. It's not easy when you don't understand why it's all happening. God, you've given me a call. But I want you to understand that that call does not come without resistance. I'll be as, as bold tonight to tell you that there are times. Uh, I know that on, 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 often I, I exhort during worship, uh, but there are times, and the worship team can attest for this, and, and it's not to, to knock at anybody, but there are times that the enemy loves to come in and try to disrupt worship. And the Lord will move upon me or someone else to exhort. And, and some people may think that's meaningless, but you don't understand uh, what that is. Is There's an anointing that is rising up in them to say, listen, uh, we are not stopping here. We are not quitting here. We will not grow cold here. But the Bible says that these men, they come out of the water and it's, it's, just, it's, it's pouring the rain. They're in the middle of a storm. They've washed ashore and they're cold. And there's many, I believe, in the faith, uh, pastor, that, that, that would say, listen, I feel like it's doing nothing but raining in my life. And I'm not talking about the spiritual kind of rain. You know, I know that Jesus said in Matthew that it rains on the just and the unjust, but I feel like it's just raining on me. Anybody ever felt that way? Be honest with me tonight. I'm being honest with you. There's times uh, that have been said, God, when will it end? When will it end? And he grew cold. He grew cold in his physical state, Paul in the text. But I want you to know that there's many that I believe that are sitting in this house. And you say, many, I know there's not many people here, but I believe that there's people here that will say, listen, I've grown cold. Because I don't understand every time I step up, I, I face the resistance. And every time I, I try to go after the purpose and try to go after the call and, and try to, to be dedicated and try to be disciplined and try to be the person that God has called me to be, I face this resistance. resistance. I, I, I've said it so many times, but I want you to know that the resistance that comes against your spiritual life uh, is proof that you are called. Because the enemy would not resist someone that is not a threat. So 
So we find that through the situations in life and Paul is just trying to fulfill his purpose. That something happens and something happens and something happens and something happens and he finds himself in a place unfamiliar to him. It says this, after they escaped, they washed ashore. Then they realized this is where we are. And I want you to know that some of you in this house may feel like you don't know where you really are. But all you know is that you feel cold. And you feel discouraged. You say, where's all this going? I promise I'm taking you somewhere. Because I want you to know that the people on this island, the island of Melita, or, or what is modern day Malta, what, what, what they did, Pastor, is they built fires. And the Bible says they built fires because of the cold. So what does that have to do anything? Just indulge me for a moment and, and, and apply this spiritually. Uh, that we need fire when we are cold in the physical. But we need fire when we're cold spiritually. We need a fresh baptism of the fire of the Holy Ghost to come into our lives. And so what happens is they built fires because of the cold. I want you to know that there are fires that are being built every day in this church. Every service that you walk in, that feeling that you feel is not just a spiritual awareness, but I want you to know that there is a feeling that I feel in my heart right now that God wants to encourage some people. And so you may feel cold, but I have a fire for you. But what begins to happen is Paul begins to pick up sticks and he's, he's going to tend the fire. That can preach in itself. He, he didn't only get close to the fire, Brother Garrett, because he was cold, but he's like, I'm not going to let this fire go out. I'm not going to be cold again. I'm not going to let the flame go out again. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that Paul in this text uh, is in a spiritual dilemma because he's focused. God has reassured him. Uh, but I know that many times in our life, if we've went through situations uh, like Paul has again and again and again, uh, we feel like, God, when am I going to get a break? When, God, when will it be over? And maybe may, may some of you tonight feel like uh, that you should just walk away. Paul said, no, there's a fire here. And I'm not only going to warm myself by the fire, but I'm going to tend the fire. But what happens is, is he picks up these sticks and he goes and he tends the fire. And here's what, here's what happens. So we've talked about all the situations. Hear me, focus here for a minute. I, I, I know it's, it's, it may seem not as, as rowdy and loud as I usually am, but I, I'm just trying to focus on some things here. He's went through all these situations. He's been drugged all over the known world at that time. He's had to appear before Felix. He's had to appear before Festus. He's had to appear before King Agrippa. And he says, listen, I want to go to Rome. I'm a Roman citizen. I want to appeal to Caesar. They've drugged him all over the place. They've had to save him from assassination attempts. They, 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 now he's, he's traveling. He's going where he needs to go. Granted, he's going where he needs to go. God's told him that's where he's going. And yet again, another problem, the shipwreck. And then we find that 
He's cold. He begins to warm himself by the fire. But what happens, Ethan, is he puts the wood onto the fire. And because, the Bible says, because of the heat, a viper came out of the fire and fastened or latched on to his hand. Because I want you to understand this is the principle. Is we have to realize in our Christian lives uh, that when you get close to God, it will expose the enemy. The closer you get to the, to the Holy Spirit, the closer you get to that fire, the enemy will be exposed. The enemy will come out. You say, is that biblical? My Bible tells me of Adam and Eve walking in the garden with God. Everybody read that? Everybody heard of that? When did the serpent come? The serpent appeared to people that were walking close with God. Where did the temptation come for Jesus? When he was out in the wilderness trying to die to his flesh, preparing for his ministry, getting closer and closer and closer to the Father. That's when the enemy came. When did tribulation come to the early church? It came after there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire. The next chapter they find themselves in prison. For doing the work of God. For doing the work of Christ. So the fire exposed the enemy. And yet again, enemy tried to latch onto him. The Bible says it fastened to him. But what I also find so powerful about this portion of scripture is that he is not only being attacked by the enemy, but people are watching him. After the snake bites him, and he, the Bible says in verse 5 that he shook it off. That's something that Christians need to get good at. That's, that's what Jade Abrams needs to get good at. Is when, when, when adversity comes my way, I need to just shake it off. Because there's still a call and there's still a purpose and there's still a plan for my life. Uh, we just need to learn sometimes. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to let the enemy win today. Uh, I'm over this. And the Bible says that he shook it off and these people are watching him. How will he respond? What will he do? Will he die like everybody else? Will he quit like everybody else? Will he walk away like everybody else? Let me, let me draw this parallel. Will you quit when things get hard? Will you step away from your faith when it's not easy? When it gets difficult, will you deny Christ? Will you say, I'm not going back to church because I thought it was supposed to be all rainbows and, and spiritual rain and all this good stuff was supposed to happen uh, I want you to know that the early church was beautiful uh, because it faced some things uh, and it still stayed with Christ why do I, I, I've said this uh, multiple times over the last few weeks but we, we look at elderly couples and we go oh man that's just awesome they've celebrated 60 years of marriage that's so so beautiful but I guess why, what, but, but, but what you don't understand it's so beautiful because they've went through life They've went through difficulties, but yet they have devoted their love toward one another. 
And that's what makes our relationship with God so unique is because it's God, even when I don't understand, there's still a plan for my life. Even when I've been bitten, God, I'm going to shake it off because there's still a plan for my life. Because here's what we have to get to the place. We have to get to a place that it's no longer about the bite. It's easy to talk about the hard times. It's easy to talk about, well, this happened and they said this and I went through this. And and it's easy to glorify those things. But I want you to know what the testimony of those things are. Is that despite the bite, I have victory. I have freedom. I have a call. I have a purpose. God has a plan for my life. Despite the bite, I was able to shake it off. Get over myself. Get over the enemy. And say, God, I know you still have a plan for me. I know the enemy may be after me. The enemy may be gunning for me. But God, it doesn't matter what the enemy may throw my way. Here's what I know is that you are faithful, that you are good, that you are powerful. And God, that the people that are watching me, waiting to see how I respond, they are sitting there and they're going to see me still raise my hands when my world's falling apart. They're still going to see me sing praises when my world's falling apart. Listen, this this is where faith comes in. Faith comes in where it's not easy, where it's difficult. I know many in this house have faced difficult times, but I've seen you come into this house and on a Sunday morning lift up your hands and cry and weep before the Lord. And you've, you've, you've what you've done is you've shown everyone watching you that it, it doesn't matter what the enemy has thrown at me. Despite the bite, I'm still cold. I'm still anointed. I still am one of God's chosen children. I am still I still am filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not giving up on God because I don't understand. But God, I'm going to trust you despite what the enemy has thrown my way. They'll come to the music tonight. He draws close to the fire. The enemy reveals himself. Bites him. And he shakes it off. He shakes it off. And they say, Marcelo, they say that they they changed their minds and they thought he was a God. But they didn't realize that what they were seeing was God in him. God was working in him. The Bible tells us and teaches us. Paul in his writing says, listen. There's trials, there's tribulations. But I know this, that it's working for an eternal weight of glory. He even says in Romans chapter 8, he says, listen. I know the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that we will receive one day. But church, we get so hung up on the bite. They said that about me. I said it the other day, oh, they, they didn't mention me in that post on Facebook, but I know they were talking about me. 
We get so hung up on the bite. The bite's not the purpose. We focus so much. I've told this story before. Ulysses S. Grant, he's commanding the Union armies in civil war. And he goes right after Robert E. Lee. And they're in a deadlock battle. Men are dying by the thousands every day. His generals come to him and they say, Robert E. Lee's got us. He's going to do what he always does. He's going to get away. He, he, he's he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna do a counterattack. We're going to be overwhelmed. And they, they went on for minutes and minutes just talking about how Robert E. Lee was going to do this and how Robert E. Lee was going to do that and Robert E. Lee was going to do this. And they said that Grant slammed his hands on the table and he said, I don't care what the enemy is going to do. What are we going to do? I know this world's messed up. I know that there's some crazy things going on in the school systems. Not just in this city, but across this nation. You say, are you telling us that should not be our focus? I'm telling you the enemy's going to try to bite and bite and bite. But the church needs to shake it and say, listen, we know who we're called to be. You may not know who you are, but I know who I am. Here's what's so profound about this story. It's not only the fact that it didn't matter what came, Michael. He, he stayed focused. He knew he had a purpose. But here's what's so profound. is He's on that island. The leader of that island comes to him. They begin to fellowship. They, the island people begin to take care of him and he finds out that the leader of this, 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 this little community, his father has dysentery and fever. They say, will you come? Will you come to him? Paul says, I'll come. And I know you've probably heard this before, but it's so powerful because the same hand that was bitten by the snake, the Bible says that he prayed for him and he laid hands on him and he was healed and made whole. And then they began to bring all kinds of sick folk to him to pray for. And they were healed, set free and delivered. The same hands that the enemy tried to destroy is the same hands that God used to bring deliverance. You know, Paul on his way to Rome, he's like, listen, I know God's told me I'm supposed to go to Rome. I know God's told me that. He could have saw Melita as just an inconvenience because it's not where he was supposed to be. But instead he used it as an opportunity. God, I don't understand why I'm going through this, but I'm going to use it as an opportunity. God, I don't know why 
things are the way they are, but I'm going to use this as an opportunity. And the enemy may come to steal, to kill and destroy. But never forget that he's given you life and life more abundant. Don't get hung up on the the bite. Paul didn't grab his hand and say, I'm going to die. It's over. He shook it off into the fire because he knew that God had a different destination for him. Young people, adults in this house, hear me. Don't be afraid to do what God has called you to do. What if it doesn't go the way that I thought? What if it wasn't? I'm sure Melita didn't go anything like Paul thought it would go. But God opened doors. You may say, I'm afraid. Throw that snake off you. Throw that demonic thing to the side. Shake it off. Let them say what they want. If you stand with me across this house, here's what you have to understand. Paul said, despite the bite, doesn't matter what the enemy's thrown at me. I'm called. I have a purpose. If God says, I'm going to Rome, I'm going to Rome. I mean, many of you have probably heard pastors told this story before. A minister's coming back from, I don't know if he's on the mission field or just ministering for a short amount of time, and he's on a flight, and Ethan, the flight just starts going nuts. It's just crazy turbulence. Everybody's freaking out. They're dropping down the mask. Brother Dan, they're just, everybody's terrified, and he's just sitting there, calm, settled. Someone asked him, how are you so calm? And he said, this plane is fine. How do you know that? He said, because God has told me what I'm supposed to do when I get off this plane. Church, we look at faith as, well, if you lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Listen, that's an amazing testimony that we read of in Acts chapter 28, that he's laying hands on the sick and see them recover. That's awesome. It takes faith for that. But you know what true and tested faith looks like? Is when things don't go your way and you still worship and you still pray and you still love Him and you still read your Bible and you still come to the house of God. That's real faith. Had a minister friend of mine tell me he lost a son. And someone come up to him and said, if you're such a a man of great faith, why didn't you pray for him and see him healed? And he said, you know, I would have liked that. He said, but I will tell you now, walking through this with me and my wife, it takes greater faith to go through the valley when you don't understand than it does to lay your hands on the sick and see them recover. Church, I, 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 
each and every individual in this house, you've been, you've been through stuff. Stuff that maybe no one knows about. But I'm here to encourage you tonight. He's going to bite. He's never going to stop biting. There's going to be ups and downs. But you have to make up in your mind, despite the bite, I'm going to shake this off. I'm going to get through this. I know I've been resisted. Paul was resisted the entire way. This is a man of great faith. And he was resisted the entire way. But all throughout the way, God kept telling him, you're going, you're going, you're going to Rome. The purpose is still the same. So I want to encourage you tonight. There's still a purpose intact for your life. Don't be stressed. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Have faith. And so you know what? I'm going to worship. And I say this to end. There are so many people in this church that testify to me. They don't even realize they are. That strengthen me. And I've said this before and I'm not trying to embarrass them in any way, shape, or form. But it, it's to commend them. And I, I will tell you that Brother Mark and Sister Marcella, they testify to me. They help me. They don't realize they do. You know why? Because they've went through things. They've went through things, but here's what's crazy is where do you find their entire family on a Sunday, on a Wednesday? You find them in the house of God. And it's because Brother Mark and Sister Marcella, you see them on a Sunday, you see them on a Wednesday, they're raising their hands. They're worshiping. Throughout the week, they're loving their children and their grandchildren. And that testifies to me. That's faith. Because even when you don't understand God's plan, there's still a plan. You may not get God's purpose, but there's still a purpose. And their grandchildren are in the house. Their, their grandchildren are working in the ministry. And that's because of the goodness of God and their faith. That's powerful. Young people, that's, that's someone to take note of. Because even when it wasn't easy, they shook it off. I'm not saying they forgot. I'm not saying that they moved on or anything. No, they said, God, I don't understand why I'm here, but I'm going to stay by this fire. The enemy may come, but I'm staying by this fire. The Holy Ghost is still enough. God, you're still enough. Jesus, you're still enough. That's real faith. So if you're here tonight, and I know I've went really long, but if you're here tonight, 
and you'll just say, you know, I just need encouragement. I'm going through some things. Maybe you feel cold. Or maybe you're someone that you say, I'm, I'm, I'm by the fire, but the, here comes the vipers. I feel like I'm close to God, but there are things coming at me. Listen, I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you tonight. I'm here just to encourage you tonight. You may not understand why you go through the things you go through, but I want you to get this, that there is still a plan and a purpose. God still knows right where you are. I don't understand everything. But here's what I do know. Is the same hands that the enemy may come after, the same heart, the same mind. That's that person, which is you. That same person that the enemy comes after is the same person that can lay hands on the sick. Is the same person that can put your hand on the shoulder of a person at school or at work and encourage them. Those same hands. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you can take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms and don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.